Hello and welcome to Basel Tov, the courage and creativity of ADHD. I'm Jen. I'm Ellen. And I'm Annette. And today we also have a guest speaker. He is none other than my son, Liam. Say hi, Liam. Hello. <laughs> so this, we're kind of continuing our parenting episodes here. We did one just on general parenting with ADHD, like when you're a parent who has ADHD and you struggle to parent because of your ADHD. Well, now we're doing our our second installment, if you will, which is going to broach the topic of ODD, which is Oppositional Defiant Disorder. And that's something that is fairly prevalent with ADHD. So Past estimates for ODD as a comorbidity or something that co-occurs with ADHD was up to 65%, according to an ADD etude article that I read. And more recent studies found maybe about 40% prevalence, but there were probably more studies than that um, that you know had slightly different results. And um, Annette knows quite a bit about this because she has ex- extensively researched ODD as it applies to learning. So Annette, what can you tell us about ODD? Yeah, so uh, ODD is kind of a problem that we study in child psychology because uh, in classroom behavior, we need to understand what uh, psychological drives uh, children who are uh, having learning disabilities. And this is kind of classified as a learning disability as well. Um, because uh, children with ODD tend to have other conditions such a, such as learning disorders and language disorders, which kind of groups into the uh, educational realm. So uh, I had to study this quite a bit. And so uh, I guess let's start with what is ODD. And uh, it's a disruptive behavioral disorder is basically what it's... Uh, boiled down to. And um, it tends to be um, more prevalent in males at about a two to one ratio, about uh, 3.13 or 3.3% of the worldwide childhood uh, uh, ODD cases are reported in the, in, I'm sorry, the population of the world is about 3.3% of children in the world have uh, ODD. So it's okay. not a huge portion of the population, but uh, it's enough when you're dealing with uh, education that it does come up a lot. And so um, some of the predominant uh, persistent behaviors of ODD include irritability, anger, being vindictive, hostile, defiant, resentful, and uh, very negative. And these are typically targeted towards their caregivers or their teachers, their parents, and other authority figures in their life. So a lot of people in had thought of this as uh, something that was environmentally caused. And there is a lot of environmental factors that can go into uh having uh, the tendency towards ODD. However, they found that about 50% of uh, the what causes ODD in the human brain is hereditary. So uh, people, children who have ODD, it's not the parent's fault. It's not their fault. Uh, there's a huge genetic component to it. And um, 
the genetic factors have to do with where the where this takes place in the brain. Okay, so uh, ODD t- it typically takes place. Uh, there's these three regions of the brain: the amygdala, the prefrontal cortex, and the insula and interior cingulate, along with the interconnecting regions. And that's where you're finding ODD. Now, these areas of your brain are uh, responsible for processing uh, behavior, uh, feelings, and a lot of social cues. So they find that there, there tends to be some functional and structural abnormalities in the brain in these areas of children that have ODD. And so again, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a hypo function of the brain. So it's not a, hyperfunction. It's a hypofunction. It's not functioning quite as well. And the thing with ODD is it's typically diagnosed. I think the earliest that you could have a secure diagnosis is five years old. Uh, so it's typically you see these, uh, these behaviors in uh, elementary school kids in those elementary ages and into the beginning of junior high school. And lastly, I'm to sum this up and kind of make uh, everybody aware of what this is, uh, the DSM for uh, uh, psychology uh, says that you must have four out of eight of these signs and systems to meet the criteria threshold for oppositional defiant disorder. So if you think your child might have this, listen to these eight points. And if you have, if, if your child has Four out of these eight, uh, it's uh, pretty, you should speak to a therapist or get them diagnosed or looked at because the the odds that they have it are kind of high. Okay, so here are your eight points. Number one, easily annoyed and touchy. So no matter sounds or somebody doing something that seems benign to other children, it just irritates them to the very core of their being and they get so annoyed that they bust. Okay. So that's number one. Number two, losses in temper often, which again, if you're constantly being annoyed and it's getting to you, even if you're holding onto it as long as you can, at some point you're going to lose your temper. Number three, regularly argues with authority figures or adults. Now this can be, on a point, very pointed, like you're trying to make a point, but this can also be just arguing for the sake of arguing. Uh, Number four, frequently, deliberately annoys others. Uh, Sometimes they are unaware that they are doing that, but for the most part, they do it to see a reaction. It's kind of a social cue issue for them. They're, They're studying another person to see, Oh, why does that annoy you? Even though they get annoyed easily. So, um, number five, actively defies and refuses to comply with rules and requests from authority figures. They just flat out say nope and refuse. There's no reason behind it. They just refuse. Uh, six is they are frequently angry and resentful. Seven often blames others for their mistakes and misbehavior. And eight, been spiteful and vindictive at least twice 
over the past six months. So if you reach four of those eight, then you have reached the threshold for possibly having ODD. So yeah. that was yeah. good information. Yeah, that's a lot. So of it sounds like, though. yeah, it sounds like it's it's just a phase yeah. in people's lives, well, it, right? People that yeah, have because it. a lot of it is it's yeah. brain development, and so it's it's sure. it it's kind of stunted brain development in the social and behavioral areas of the brain. Yeah. Okay. Cause so, yeah, I, I've been, I've been like thinking about my six year old son wondering if he has this. And I think there were maybe three of those things you said that I would apply to him. So I don't know if he's quite, there's, I'm not seeing a lot of the, like, uh, you know, the anger and the irritability. I don't see a lot of that. It's more just, playful and annoying and hyper and, yeah but that's interesting that being annoying is one of the one of the <laughs> signs <laughs> but not just annoying on like accidentally but being purposefully, purposefully. annoying yeah. like they know that they're going to get a reaction out of you if they do this one thing and they'll just keep doing it till they get the reaction or until they realize that you're not going to respond there's you yeah. know oh, and I should there's I that. should also note that I didn't I didn't say this yet but this is ODD is a comorbidity of ADHD. Absolutely it is. Uh, it, the, mm -hmm. the kids who have ODD are almost exclusively ADHD kids. So I need to make that point pretty clear. Yeah. So it would be kind of rare to have one without the other. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I, I, I don't now, know that I've ever seen it. I do have one. <laughs> I do have one question for you because when I was taking like this is and this is the reason, by the way, for listeners, um, why my son Liam is on the show. Liam is 11 years old currently, and he has been diagnosed with ODD ever since he was uh, like four and a half ish years old. Um, so we started intervention for ADHD very early because I noticed the signs and symptoms most of the people on my on one side of my family has ADHD. And so I kind of already knew the warning signs and I knew the likelihood that he was going to have it was pretty high. So when I started seeing that, I was instantly like, all right, well, we got to get this kid into like, you know, some behavioral therapy and get him some medication so that he can cope with this. But he had other behaviors that were concerning to me. Um, when, <laughs> when I took him in for some of his first evaluations and counseling appointments, it was posed to me that ODD was a um, subtype of, of conduct disorder. It was a variety of conduct disorder. And that if not properly treated in um, grade school and middle school years, then the brain could basically keep latching on to that ODD and then it would just be classified as a different conduct disorder later once the rest of the signs start kicking right. in. Is that accurate? Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I understood that. If you don't manage to grow out of it, if you don't, uh, if you hold on to a lot of those, uh, the defaults, I want to say, uh, that you experienced mm -hmm. during yeah. childhood, yeah. Behavior yeah, then it becomes a different yeah. behavioral issue. Uh, for uh, mm -hmm. teenagers and adults. So um, it doesn't mean that it just like right. magically goes away overnight. You you do 
uh, have to learn some coping mechanisms. And there will be parts of that that you will carry throughout your life. But uh, a lot of the <laughs> therapies that they use to deal with ODD, I mean, they do, there are medications that are supposed to help, but a lot, a lot of the therapy is behavioral therapy and teaching, you know, mm-hmm. cog- cognitive behavioral theory, uh, like uh, therapies, sh- identifying the feeling, you know, how do I feel in this stage? How do I, how should I, you know, how should I act or how do I control myself? Mm-hmm. So those are a lot of the, the therapies that are used to uh, treat children with ODD. I have a question. Is is ODD at all related to like a, a dopamine thing? You know, like you're kind of, it sounds like people with ODD are kind of like a rebel without a cause. You know, they just love to stir the pot and get a reaction out of people. To me, that just screams like my brain is looking for dopamine. You know, what yeah, can I do? Um, I wouldn't say that ODD is a dopamine issue. Um, uh, yeah. That's more of a uh, cognitive behavioral processing issue and but um, okay I, I would say that most likely um the inability to control impulse plays into that a lot sure that so, makes sense you know that would explain yeah it's like the perfect storm <laughs> so liam you're sitting over there going okay like i i can see you're kind of like digesting all this and since i know you i can see the wheels turning you've been in counseling the very first time you went in counseling was actually with me it was um first play therapy we started trying to attack some of the underlying issues of adhd and odd with hmm. play therapy and then we did something called pcit which is parent-child interaction therapy, and it's considered the gold yes. standard of first-line treatment and early intervention Absolutely. for ODD. Yes. And um, so that ha- incorporates quite a bit of play therapy as well, but it's very structured and there are definite rules. And most of PCIT is actually just learning how to parent an ODD child efficiently and effectively. <laughs> so... That's really what it is. It's not, it's some learning for the child, but it's a lot of learning for the parent involved. Mm, that's good. So, <laughs> since, and now Liam is currently in a regular, you know, CBT style therapy where he um, does, where he talks about his feelings and life issues he has and, you know, anything that frustrates him. And his counselor is fantastic. She's somewhat of a, um, an expert in this domain as well. But nice. um, Liam, you have never heard the clinical definition of ODD presented to you. You've only had it watered down by counselors like and given the kid version of it. So when Annette was describing ODD and what that technically means to psychologists, what is your thought or feeling about that? Hmm. Um, well, I would say that that's pretty true it's like really it's like given to you in a strong way i guess um but most definitely not watered down but i think it's really interesting 
and um, now I know more about ODD, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I guess so, because you've just had the basic explanation from counselors where they kind of give you the kid version. So um, you pretty you can you would say that you agree with what you heard. Yes, most definitely. How do you feel? Okay. How do you feel about the fact that a lot of it is genetic and it's not? It's more of a problem with your brain function and uh, how your brain is developing. Does that make you feel like a little bit better? Like it's your behavior is not entirely your fault in that sense. No, I um um I don't think it makes it better to do that stuff. I don't think it's like I don't think like it's not my fault because it's just my brain. I don't think think it through like that. I uh I think that I should try to keep it under control as much as I possibly can. Um, but I have to be like, I have to know that some of it is just my brain. Um, and, but most of it I can learn to control. So absolutely. That was a very good answer. That's good. That's why. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so important to really know ourselves, you know, so that we can just, we, we can spot that when we have a reaction to something and say, ah, that's just my ODD or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. We, we use that knowledge as like a tool. Catch. Yeah. Catch yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Are How many times a day do you feel like you're catching yourself? Like you're about to you know, argue with somebody or get into some kind of a, you know, confrontation and you're like, wait, 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 I shouldn't do that. <laughs> um, I think that that happens, um, a lot of times because I've been in counseling for, uh, many years now. Um, <clears throat> but um, I, sometimes I will still, uh, do stuff that I don't catch and that can be annoying because I get in trouble for something that, like, I was trying to catch but couldn't catch it in time, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But most of it I do catch. That's good. And yeah. you have to, you also have to remember that you're doing the absolute best you can. Yeah. Yeah. And I would agree with that statement as your mom, because I've watched you go from one behavioral extreme to another over the year. Well, not to another extreme, but like you've gone from an, a behavioral extreme to, you know, get a kid whose teachers this year couldn't even tell that you had ODD and, until we mentioned it as part of your 504 plan for education. So they were surprised to hear that because his participation in class was so good that they thought he was like they never would have pinned it. So when you hear that you've come that far, um, what do you attribute that to? 
Um, <clears throat> well, I am proud of myself because I've, like, made it that far so that people won't think that I have ODD, um, right off the bat, um, and I think that's, like, very cool and exciting that I have come <laughs> that far, um, yeah. 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 So I have awesome. a question. It is exciting. Yeah, I have a question for you. Um, what is, what are a couple of the most, uh, useful tools that your therapist taught you? Hmm. Oh, um, like most useful as in more than one? Or... Yeah, like give us a couple or give or one. Your, your you can give tool. one or you can give a couple. But what are some good tools that you now use to be able to catch yourself or control yourself? Or um, Well, I think the most useful tool is... um. There's a perspective thing, I think, um, where your brain is like, she, I imagine it as if your brain was like divided into two people and one of them is really anxious and worried and like other things about like, if I do this, then I'll, I'll get in trouble and like, if I'm annoying, I'll get in trouble and things like that. But then the other part tells me that, like, I can just do, I can be annoying um, and things. <laughs> but I have to combine the two people so that, like, I'm still myself, and I'm not, like, an anxious ball, <laughs> ball of stress, um, like, eh, but I will catch myself as That's well. good. Yeah, um, ODD, yeah. everybody who has ODD also struggles with anxiety, so that's a very, very good point that you made. I also have balls of anxiety yeah. so i understand <laughs> your feeling um <laughs> even now <laughs> but yeah so so do you feel like do you feel like liam might just be getting old enough that he's outgrowing it maybe or starting to maybe that's why things are improving um yeah i think that you know his brain over time is maturing like when when you get to um the 10 to 12 age rate age range for kids you start noticing mental development into the adolescent phase of life so you start seeing um you know more tendencies toward depression and anxiety anyway because those things will increase as the chemicals in their brain prepare them for their adolescent stage um so i've noticed that you know like when let's let's say when he was five and he originally got, you know, four or five got originally diagnosed, he was diagnosed with ADHD, the uh, combined type and um, also ODD. Then we went through several different kinds of counseling and therapies 
And um, between the ages of seven and nine, he did not go to therapy because his therapist um, at the time felt that he had mentally aged out of play therapy. It was no longer effective, but he was not yet ready for uh, for cognitive behavioral therapy, which is classic talk therapy inside of a therapist's office. So there's this weird couple of shadow years where they therapy isn't really that effective. So we didn't have him in therapy. And then once he started to develop extreme anxiety and depressive sorts of symptoms, I was like, okay, that's it. He's ready to go back, you know, because that triggered me to think, okay, there's a change in his brain. He's probably ready to go back to therapy now. So we sent him back and sure enough, he was ready and totally capable of talking about his symptoms and feelings and experiences day to day in a more mature way that is conducive. That's actually for a really good point. The shadow years. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Little known fact. <laughs> there are shadow right. years for therapy. Well, yeah, because it's, you know, yeah. you cognitive development <clears throat> and there's different stages. It's the same as teaching. You can't teach an you know, an average child multiplication before they're cognitive ready, uh, cognitively ready for it. So, you know, it's, but that is, that is a very, very good point and a great point for people who have children who might think that they need therapy to be aware of. So, yeah. Yeah. Because they will age out of, of the parent child interaction therapy at age seven. Um, that is the last year that they really offer it in most offices. So if, um, you know, if you have a, an eight-year-old child and you think that your child has ODD, still go and, you know, take them to a counselor, or therapist, psychologist, or psychiatrist, whoever you're comfortable with them seeing, and, um, you know, talk it out because ODD can get severe enough to where children are actually hospitalized for this condition and their parents end up becoming quite traumatized and so does the child. So if you can he- if you can uh, you know attack this issue early, it's much better for everybody involved so that there's not the trauma of a hospitalization in the child's past or your past as a family. You could avoid that altogether, um, assuming that your child doesn't happen to have a neurological makeup for the worst case scenario in which that might be unavoidable. So are you talking like self-harm type stuff? Not necessarily self-harm. They will try to harm their family members as well. So like as a parent, you may be physically attacked, brutally attacked by your own child um, where they think in a fit of rage because you took away their toy or something that they're, they're going to kill you for it. Um, that's just the level of rage that they get to, um, when they have the more extreme versions. Liam was not (laughs) an extreme case at all. I was just going to (laughs) ask, yeah, no. Liam, have you ever uh, have you ever tried to kill him? No, no, definitely not. He's you know more in the probably low to moderate. I would say moderate range ODD because it was figured out and diagnosed pretty early, so it must have been obvious enough. Um, But I. So what were what were some of the what were some of the early signs when he was four? Good question. You were like. So originally, I had never heard of ODD before. 
never heard of it. All I had heard of was ADHD and he was my first child. So I didn't know what normal parenting was like. I only knew what it was like to have a child with ODD. I just didn't know it yet. So when other people in the grocery store would see, you know, would see misbehavior like, you know, maybe he would shout something back at me if I told him, hey, please don't touch this thing. He'd be like, no, I'm going to touch it anyway, you know, like, or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. other, I could see other people's reactions. And I thought they were just being judgy assholes, to be quite honest. (laughs) You know, I was like, well, fine, your kids probably are, you know, equally as terrible. (laughs) But I didn't, Yeah, no, you you really can't. Um, So I just kind of felt judged in public a lot. Um, And when I was noticing his behaviors, I started noticing other kids around his age. They were not nearly as uh, physically aggressive as he was. So Liam, Mm. uh, and he was also very possessive of me as a person, as his mom. So if I was talking to somebody else, whether it was an adult or another child, Um, he might get angry at that and start beating on me with his fists. And he was only like, you know, four or five years old. So it didn't exactly hurt, but I could tell that he was, you know, using quite a bit of his own personal strength. And it started making me concerned that his behavior was, you know, maybe not what people would call normal. Then, you know, taking a look into his preschool where he would, it was every single day I would have a talking to by his teacher. He would have bitten someone, pushed somebody off of a play structure thing, um, maybe hit or slapped or kicked somebody, at, or it may be multiple people. He just did not seem capable of playing with other kids and going by other kids' play rules. He had to be in charge or he was angry. So that kind of got me thinking like this, I'm not seeing other kids, you know, doing this to this level. So I, you know, I knew that I had to get him uh, seen and just see what they said. Um, So when ODD came back as a, as an initial diagnosis for him, along with ADHD, I was like, huh, well, this must account for all this, you know, strange behavior that I'm seeing. And and the more I looked up, the more I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> it fits yeah, like a, a nice, glove. That was a nice couch. <laughs> it, just, it all made it sense. Made, yeah. 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 It was just a lot of me looking at how he was interacting with other kids his age, to be honest, and how he interacted with adults in his life. Um and I didn't even know what it was. I just knew something was off. Yeah. Mother's instinct. Yeah. So that makes sense. Le- so Liam, yeah. I have, an, for the I have a, yeah. a question for you. Uh, you recently moved into a new house and you changed schools. How was it starting a school, a whole new school with a whole new group of people around you that didn't know your previous history? What did, was that refreshing for you? Was it scary? How, how did that make you feel? I think that um, it was refreshing because um, I wasn't known, I'm not known as the troublemaker or the um, anger kid. Um, I was known as, like, a calmer, 
um, more self-centered child. Um, and I think, like, it's nice not being known as uh, a, a mean person or um, an, an angry person. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was very refreshing. Yeah, that was a good <laughs> chance for you. Yeah. That is nice. So, yeah. yeah. I'm glad that ended up working out. Um, so, with your class, I know that mm-hmm. you have certain things that the teacher is supposed to do for you to help you out a little bit. Um, does it make you feel a little strange that you have certain ex- exceptions where the other kids don't? Or do you uh, appreciate that? Or how do you feel about that? I think it's a mix of both because I appreciate that they're willing to give me these tools and these things that I can use to self help self-center my, um, ha- help me reach a more self-centered um, mood mm-hmm. I think that's right um but I also think it's awkward because these other kids don't have um, the tools that I have. They don't have special chairs. They don't have um, special opportunities to go walk in the hall or something. They don't have um, the the ability to, like bring something from their house that is like a fidget they don't have that and I think it's just kind of strange because I'm the only one that has that stuff so do you understand why you need it and the other kids don't yes because I uh, was diagnosed with ODD and ADHD um and so so what does that does make sense spinners in the chair do for you what how does that help you so the chair um uh so you know wobble chairs right explain it just in case somebody so i okay so um if somebody doesn't know what a wobble chair is, um, it is a chair that you have to, um, there's like no back support or anything that you can just slouch on. So you have to have good posture. Um, and it has a round, um, a round ish, disc with a flat surface on the top and you sit on that and it has um rubber grippy things so you don't like slide off or anything when you're Mm -hmm. moving around um and on the bottom it has um a round disc thing 
that allows you to move around, but with but it's made in a way so you don't fall mm-hmm. um as easily and you can and it has um the thing the place where you sit on has a rod that um goes inside of another rod um and then connects to the bottom piece and you can spin around and move around nice. and that's interesting so how does that help you it helps me um um like if i want to move around um i can just move around and spin around and do all that stuff but in a regular chair you can't right. do that how did you feel so how did you feel sitting in a regular chair Regular chair, um, I mean, it was okay. Um, I mean, the back support was nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) but I think it was, it was kind of bad because, like, I wasn't able to move around because it it was just a, it was Mm -hmm. a stationary object. I mean, you can move it. Um, you can pick it up and move it, and you can slide it around, but you can't move side to side, right. and you can't spin around. Does this chair help you focus? So. Uh, and- yes. Um, because it ha- it helps me focus because, um, when I want to move, uh, like... I get the I I have like a uncomfortable feeling whenever um I sit in a place for too long so I would like I I like to move around um and that's how that helps like, you that yeah that's helps that me. my son yeah. is not ODD <laughs> that is a straight up ADHD because your mom does the same thing <laughs> I do the oh. same thing <laughs> yeah so, yep whenever people join into our YouTube channel they see us moving around all over the place like this constantly, especially me. So we know where he gets it from. Uh-huh. And look at him. He's just bouncing up and down there. That's okay. <laughs> Sorry, that's my legs. So my last question. That's okay. My last question I for do you, it too. Liam, is what do you want to tell or mm-hmm. say to uh, other parents, like moms or dads or maybe other kids that also have ODD? What, what would you like to tell them? Um, like parents that need help or information about ODD in children. Okay. Um, well, I would say that, that, um, you shouldn't, um, force um a ODD child to um 
do something that is not really, like, comfortable for them, because, like, if you <clears throat> push them into a, um, a thing that could help them, um, but they're not ready for it, or they don't feel comfortable doing that, that could, um, from self-experience, that could create increased amounts of anger and anxiety and could lead yeah. to physical abuse and maybe even like separating the child from the parent which is the most extreme case but <laughs> i think like it could cause extreme amounts of anger um and I think that um, you should give them treatment that um, is, if they're not comfortable with most types of treatment, then I think you should, then I think that that parent should look for a more subtle type of treatment um, that can um, prepare them for, um, a more engaged treatment, so hmm. it just has lingering effects instead of, like, a full force slam to the <laughs> face or something, I don't know, but, yeah. like, it just, mm. it hits you, and then it, like, the impact stays with you, but lingering effects are good for starting um if they're not comfortable if they are comfortable then that's different okay thank you okay so i can i can say that he like if i tried to you know force liam to do anything with it, whether it was participate in therapy or you know just trying to get him to do a daily task that he absolutely had to do you know i would have pretty big problem <laughs> trying to get him to do that. Um, so I can, I can understand what he was saying there. And like with the therapy thing, Liam, did you mean that, um, like if the child isn't comfortable with a certain style of therapy that you want to let parents know that it would be in the kid's best interest to seek out a different style of therapy that would help them that they feel more comfortable with? Um, Yes, okay. um, and a little bit no, okay. because I want, I, I think that they, sh they should know that it's going to help them a little bit, but they, mm -hmm. um, shouldn't, like, see, see an opportunity to start right. misbehaving, so, a type of therapy that will sneak in the back door of your brain and start working its <laughs> it start doing its thing making progress until you're ready okay, parents, to open the front door ninja therapy oh <laughs> ninja <laughs> therapy no that's okay. a really good point <laughs> yeah yeah that is a good point. Some styles of therapy permissive. can be just too blunt and too... Either too blunt or too, too permissive. What? 
Yeah, because yeah, for want, for ODD, you want to set up <clears throat> a challenge. You don't want to set up a confrontation. I think that's the point that I I feel like you're trying to make, Liam, is that instead of confronting, yeah, yeah. you challenge. And there's a big difference with that. And it's not creating mm-hmm. a challenge that is against. It's creating an opportunity for growth. Yeah. 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 For Liam, sure. mm-hmm. you have some wonderful <laughs> insight and you've grown up so much and you're doing such a great job. You really are. Yeah. I know. He really is. Thanks. Yeah, thank you for sharing yeah, your perspective with us. Thanks for being us. willing to come on here with, with your mom and her friends. And also, <laughs> I think that what you're doing is really brave by talking to <clears throat> other people about your learning dis- disabilities and, you know, emotional issues. And, you know, just not all kids and parents have to deal with this. And I think you're taking it in stride and you're doing the absolute best you can. And you've been doing Me great. Too. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. So any that are, I guess the ending chat for this would be if you're, if your kid has at least four of those eight list, little list mentions that um, Annette was sharing earlier, it would be in everybody's best interest for you to take your kid in for an evaluation. See if a psychologist or psychiatrist believes or a social worker believes that, um, you know, there's more to the story because if there is, and your child does have ODD, letting it sit and fester is not the best, uh, proposition for success long-term. Um, something to note that I've, I've been told this by more than one counselor before, um, because while Liam was doing his counseling, I was doing my own counseling to deal with the stress of, parenting an ODD child because it doesn't come naturally as a parent to have a child that argues with you almost straight out of the womb. You're just not expecting it. It takes you off guard and you're just like, what? So, um, so getting your mm-hmm. own therapy alongside your child's therapy is a really good idea. Um, and it'll help you be the best parent that you can be for your child because you have to be extra put together um, since ODD requires a great amount of structure, more yeah. structure than ADHD does on its own. So I have um, a question just so, really quick. Ellen, yeah. now that you've listened to all of this, oh, yeah. do you think Nathan has ODD? Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. You know, I'm still not totally sure. Uh, I, I'm thinking if he does, it's probably on the mild side, but it's it's hard to know. What were the yeah. factors that made you think he had it in the first place? Like, or made you question, like, is this normal? Well, I think it's just because oh, okay. we were talking about it, you know, and so I had it on my mind. And, 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 uh, yeah, I think you had mentioned, Jen, to me that some of the things I've talked about with my son, you were like, it might be ODD. Yeah, it's a lot of, uh, you know, persistent, uh, asking <clears throat> for things, uh, you know, kind of being annoying just to be, just for the sake of being annoying okay, sometimes. There is a uh, huge part You know, he'll of that, bug his sister just, just to get a reaction. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying that, like, 
in any yeah. mean way. I'm saying that as an actual <laughs> fact and as a teacher also. Uh, boys just be built different. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely possible. Yeah. I, I've been to little girls that are pretty feisty <laughs> mm-hmm. too, but yeah, I mean, yeah. so yeah, I, I, I think you know he's he uh, actually today's his birthday. Oh. He turned six years old. Happy birthday, so, Nathan! Everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so. We're still, you know, early mm-hmm. in his journey. He just got diagnosed with ADHD. And so we're still kind of early on that. So uh, definitely next time I see his therapist, though, I'm going to ask them about ODD and see what That's they That's a good awesome. idea. I mean. It never hurts. Yeah. And I mean, maybe if he hasn't yeah. already, if it hasn't been brought up already, it might have been that they didn't have enough conclusive information to say whether he was likely to have it or not. Right. I. I mean, I, I wonder about, you know, how it manifests at school, because a lot of the things he gets in trouble for, it's not really being defiant with the teacher or be or getting angry or anything like that. It's just kind of like, you know, he started playing tag when oh. they were supposed to be quiet or scribbled on his friend's artwork in art class because he thought it would be funny. You know, it's like it, it never seems like he's trying to be mean about it. He's just it being kind hap- of a hyperactive with a uh, <laughs> tossed salad of lack of impulse control. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I'm hearing exactly. more about it, it kind of does. I mean, I know that you were really concerned about it because you didn't want him to grow up just misbehaving in school. But like... Liam, is it okay if I tell right. if I tell them about your school behavior before you were um, like treated to the degree that you are now, or do you not want me to say it? It's embarrassing, okay. but of yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay. So Liam's uh, school behavior from um, it it peaked at first grade, so uh first and second well part first all of first grade and half of second grade he would refuse to do all homework or schoolwork in class he would just stonewall the teacher and be like i'm not doing it so they'd hand him something he wouldn't even uh, cry. Um, yeah nathan's yeah. not like that no yeah he, he, he'll do it at least but odd is know. absolute def- Defiant behavior. Yeah, he did not like being in chairs in a classroom. Yeah. So if he got too wound up and fidgety, and they wouldn't let him move around enough, he would do stuff like threaten to burn down the school, run out of the school, and have the police called on him. Um, <laughs> they would send him home halfway oh. through the day because they were simply unable to manage his behavior. And I used to get called into his classroom about anywhere from two to four days per school week for all of first grade so that I could help walk him to the different parts of his day that he was supposed to get to so that he would actually get there and not run out of the school. So yeah, like when we're talking about ODD, we're not just talking about them disagreeing with you about what breakfast cereal they're going to have. We're talking about extreme like anger vindictiveness sometimes manipulation to get their way it's not like overt manipulation isn't like a go-to for them it's just if everything else is um, not working they might resort to it Um, (laughs) but 
Um, Yeah. So he went from that and then I homeschooled him for two years and he came back to his public school halfway through his fourth grade year. When they learned he was coming back, they hired on extra staff just for him. (laughs) The school hired on extra security staff when they figured it out. And then um, within a few weeks of him being in school every day, they called me in as a parent and the person who was working with, uh, she was called the student success coordinator and she was responsible for IEPs and 504s. And um, she said in her 20, 20 or 25 years of, of, of being in that position, she had never once seen ODD turn around to that degree. <laughs> so sometimes oh, wow. actually you did, you did kind of an amazing thing by pulling him out for third grade because third grade, if you look at uh, cognitive development is actually quite, there's quite a lot of cognitive development happening in that stage. So, yeah. um, and I chose so homeschooling good- over the drama that was yeah. first and second grade. <laughs> so probably a good choice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So how are you going to wrap this up? In a pretty little bow oh there? my goodness. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, like we've said before, if you're questioning it, go seek help from a counselor or somebody who can help diagnose a mental disorder or learning disability. Um, because if this is left to fester, if you will, um, over time, it could become a different conduct disorder. And anybody in the law enforcement realm will recognize the phrase conduct disorder and equate that with prisoners. Because Conduct disorders make up the bulk of our prison population in this country. So, um, and this is because they have not adapted to everyday life in public. They are not socially adapted. They have a difficult time holding down a job because they can't get along with other people very well or follow rules. And because they don't follow rules well, they also end up breaking laws. So um, this could potentially kind of snowball out of control at one point, depending on your kid and their neurological makeup and predisposition for extreme behavior. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. So good to get it checked out. Absolutely. If you have questions, (laughs) just get it checked out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. And Liam, Liam, again for joining. Thank you for joining our fun little party today. And um, thanks everybody out there for listening. If you find this informative and want to ask further questions, you can always send us a message at our Baseltov uh, podcast at gmail.com. It's our email, or you can go straight to baseltov.com and find any of our social media and email and stuff like that and send us a message so that we can answer your questions we would love yeah. to. Um, so in closing, get help. And, <laughs> and as always, Basel Top. Basel Top. Basel Top. Liam, you're not going to say Basel Top? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs>